Good morning, everyone. It is the 18th of October. My name is Lorna Denny, and I'm joined today by Alex Byrne and Bushra Ahmed. Stories about inflation, or even stagflation, continued to circulate last week, as we will come on to shortly. But despite this, US equity markets closed the week in positive form, partly in response to strong Q3 earnings from some of the major banks, Alex. That's right, Lorna. We had the strongest US equity week since July, up 2%. Within the earnings that you mentioned, it was investment banking that was particularly strong. So if you look at some of the numbers that were reported, we had Goldman Sachs and Citi. Goldman's M&A area was up 88% on the previous year. I think going into the earnings season, there was a little bit of worry around what the earnings numbers would be, but clearly paying their due so far. Yes, it's encouraging news from them. But back to concerns about stagflation, which is, of course, a nasty combination of declining growth and rising inflation. On the growth front, we've just had reports in of a very disappointing Q3 growth number from China. Elsewhere, we can see inflationary pressures in the data from across the world. Could we start with the US CPI inflation of last week? Sure. So US CPI pushed higher again at a 13-year high now rising 5.4% on a year-on-year basis, which was slightly ahead of expectation, but nonetheless a very high number. The month-on-month rise was 0.4%, again higher than last month. If we look at the core number, which is X, food and energy, the most volatile areas, it rose 0.2%. So food prices almost a percentage point higher on a month-on-month basis. Alongside that, rent and housing accounted for almost half of the rise this month. Energy was up 1.3% in September and nearly 25% on a year-to-date basis. If you think about the energy prices as well, we're only just getting into the winter season as well. Generally, the inflation though has broadened out this month, so although there's those large increases from the areas that I mentioned, um, all areas or, or most areas seem to have risen somewhat. Yes, but you wisely picked out energy there. And last week we saw West Texas Intermediate Oil touch a seven-year high. Energy price spikes will certainly be an element of this sharply rising producer price inflation numbers we've just seen coming out of China and indeed Japan. Yeah, so in China we had the energy crisis that we've been working through. Uh, It's led to some rationing of energy around the country and demands by the central government to increase coal power production. So if you look at the coal imports, uh, they're up 75% on last year. Factory gate inflation is at its highest level since the mid-90s, 10.7% PPI on a year-on-year basis. They haven't as yet filtered through into consumer prices, though. There might be some um, help from the central government, but only a 0.7% increase uh, rise in September, and that was lower than the previous month as well. So you can see that the producer prices hasn't filtered through into the consumer prices. Yes, thanks for that. If we turn to Europe now, Busher, we had the long-awaited first green bond issuance by the EU. How was that received by the market? Morning, Lorna. So on Tuesday last week, the EU raised 12 billion euros in its first ever green bond, putting the EU on track to becoming a leader in the fast-growing green debt market. The 15-year green bond, which is due on 4th of February 2037, received more than 135 billion euros of demand, i.e. it was more than 11 times oversubscribed, indicating that demand for green bonds remains extremely strong. In fact, this was received so well that it was reported to be the highest level of demand in this area, beating the 10 billion pound the UK raised with a 100 billion pound order book in September. It's worth mentioning here, Lorna, that the launch forms part of the funding of its landmark 800 billion euros next generation EU budget, which is its recovery program established in response to the COVID-19 crisis. Yes, I was going to ask you that. If you could just remind us, as a green bond, the proceeds are very closely targeted at certain specific projects. 
Exactly. For instance, in this case, the bond will finance environmentally beneficial projects in the member states as part of one of the next generation EU aims to support economic recovery through investments which make the EU greener. Under its green bond framework, the funds will be used for eight broad categories of expenditure, and there's a bit mouthful, so bear with me, which are related to one, green transition, two, energy efficiency, three, clean energy and network, four, climate change adaptation, five, water and waste management, six, clean transport and infrastructure, seven, nature protection, rehabilitation and biodiversity. And the last one is any other climate related goals such as green jobs and air quality. This will support the EU aims to be carbon neutral by 2050, hopefully. Yes, thank you for that. It's a very pretty comprehensive list. In the week ahead, though, we will have early indicators of current economic activity in the shape of the flash PMI data. What are you expecting to see there, Alex? So flash PMIs in Europe and US, if we look at Europe first, because they're, they're very different, the two numbers, we expect a decrease both on the manufacturing and the services side. So we were at 56.2 last month, expected to be 55.2 this month. We can see that the softening of that has come from a, a fairly broad base group of countries. It's not just one individual. So you can see the, the clear systematic effect across all countries. But I mean, this follows also some softening, some other data that we saw in the leading weeks as well. In the US, much steadier, overall stronger, and it remains at that peak level. Last month at 60.7, with consensus expectations this month at 60.5. That is supported somewhat by a expected strengthening in the services side of 55.2 from 54.9 last month. And of course, we have more reports of third quarter earnings with the US still leading the charge here. Which companies will be the market's focus, Alex? There's a number of interesting earnings numbers this week. So we've got ASML, uh, expected very good numbers. Obviously, those bottlenecks in supply of semiconductors will be helping them. We saw last week the numbers around TSMC being very, very good. So we could, despite the, the high earnings expectations here, we could see a strong beat on that side. Other numbers like Tesla doesn't really give any guidance. So the expectations for the market we look at, and they look to be very, very low. And given the vehicle delivery they had this quarter, may not be a good thing for the stock. It'll probably be fairly volatile, I would think, this week, but we'll see. But there's a number of larger companies reporting this week. If we take a steer from what happened last week, we could expect to see some good earnings reports. Thank you both very much indeed. Thank you, Laura. Thank you all.